Wednesday, the 13th of September, 2017. Last night, we had our own hurricane. Hurricane Alien. The Met Office had named it. I was rather amused at a comment in my newspaper this morning querying why hurricanes that are usually so destructive are given names that are reminiscent of school dinner ladies and not named after destructive mythological characters. I must say, I totally agree, this relatively tame hurricane that hit us last night was nothing compared to Irma, who the same writer had likened the name to an American granny who cosily sits and knits, which has devastated many homes across the West Indies and Florida, leaving thousands of people homeless. Our hurricane sent branches hurling up against our windows, sounding every bit like an attempted break-in. It woke up Jaunty, who became terrified and ended up in our bed. It had also apparently woken up Rosie, but she enjoyed its drama and its ferocity and had just decided to lie there in her bed, watching the trees in the garden bend over in the wind and listening to the howling gale. She even opened her curtains wide to watch. Marshall slept right through it. But I lie there wondering how the homeless, whose only shelter was a cardboard box, were faring. When I came downstairs to let the cats out, the ordinarily fairly tidy garden was littered with branches, twigs and leaves, which were later become kindling. Nothing is wasted in this household. My little band of friends gathered here for my Wednesday morning group and the two little ones went cheerily into lessons with their Wednesday morning tutor. But not before Jaunty had spied a tree in the garden of a neighbour which was hanging precariously and about to fall. It was a very large tree and Jaunty said, Quick, we must evacuate the road before anyone gets hurt. Fortunately, it was not of any more danger than if and when it fell, it would block the road, which was serious enough. However, it was quite difficult to get him to settle down to serious work. He was already well hyped up from his sleepless night. I decided that when I took over from their tutor, we would look at weather and what causes hurricanes. I have always been one to see the day. Marshall went off very happily once again to his placement, about ten minutes after he left. The skies opened up and we had the biggest hailstorm that we have had for a long time. I guess that he had probably just reached the riverside where there is a very little shelter and would reach the school drenched to the skin. I tried to ring him to see if he would like a dry set of clothes brought in but he obviously for once had not taken his phone with him. Better not embarrassing him on his first week by going in looking like an over-anxious mother carrying a pile of fresh clothes. I know schools, they're always overheated and he will probably quickly dry out. Rafa, our lovely chocolate Labrador, had a bad night. He was whimpering every time he shifted position last night when we left him and he was very much the same this morning. Unfortunately, his medication isn't due until midday. However... This afternoon he is much more like his old self and he is remaining calm and peaceful. As I write this, he is asleep at my feet with Millie the Border Collie, very closely snuggled up to him. Millie loves Rafa and she has been very concerned about him, nudging him for reassurance every now and again and not leaving his side. 
She is very old and is half blind and very deaf and much slower than he is, but it is wonderful to observe how much they care for each other. She mothers him and he watches out for her and stops and waits for her when she is having a particularly slow day. Today she is mum and she has been giving his face a good clean. He has responded by just lying there and accepting all of her fuss. There is just a gentle wind left now of the hurricane we had last night and a stillness which often follows the ferocious energy of last night. I am sitting here watching as the afternoon sun pours through the leaves and the wind plays upon them. I am sitting in the music room which is large and airy and quite formally furnished and from here I can see the pattern that the wind, sun and leaves are playing out on the kitchen floor. It is a harmony that so often happens in nature, and yet generally people are so busy rushing through life that they just don't notice, and yet this sort of thing never fails to make my heart sore. We have still got, in this green and pleasant land of ours, fields and woodlands, and we are particularly lucky where we live. But I read somewhere once that some people live their whole lives just walking on concrete, never feeling the grass beneath their toes. We here at the rise run around a lot without any shoes on, or sit amongst the trees gazing up through the leaves into the sky. David, in one of his beautiful poems, once likened this sight to a natural cathedral vaulted ceiling. <coughs> I love that description, as it reminds one when looking through into the sky of a glimpse of heaven. Once, when I lay beneath the old horse chestnut tree in our front garden, the same one that conkers are gathered from in the autumn, which is about now, I really captured that feeling, whether it is because, like many other conger trees, this particular tree, like other horse chestnut trees in Britain, has a virus that means although its leaves every spring and produces conkers, it dies down very quickly in August and is the only brown tree in the garden for a couple of months. Looking up through the brown canopy of leaves to a sunny blue sky was like looking up through the wooden framework of an old medieval church into the glory of heaven. Truly beautiful. It is nearly tea time at the rise and Johnty has just come to ask me to go with him to see a lift that he has made with his Lego. He says he has got it moving up and down and he has put two small Lego people in it. He loves constructing with his Lego and he's usually good at it. Maybe he will be an engineer one day like Isambard Kingdom Brunel. Kingdom Brunel, who knows? Having so many boys, we have over the years collected a lot of Lego. Each boy has, he has grown, has passed it down to the next one. And Jaunty and Rosie have drawers and drawers of it. And the miracle is they seem to know exactly where to find every little piece that they are looking for. I shall now go to admire and praise. <clears throat> I've seen it and it's very good. I've taken a picture of it and I should include it in these writings. I praised him for his effort, and he responded with a broad, jaunty smile and said, I'm glad that you like it, Mummy. I think it might be the best thing I made with my Lego. Praise is so important to children. It is the fuel that they run on. 
what we think of our children is how they regard themselves. <clears throat> Someone many years ago gave me a card which I have kept and would like to share with you now. Children learn what they live. If a child lives with criticism, he learns to condemn. If a child lives with hostility, he learns to fight. If a child learns with ridicule, he learns to be shy. If a child lives with shame, he learns to feel guilty. If a child lives with tolerance, he learns to be patient. If a child lives with encouragement, he learns confidence. If a child lives with praise, he learns to appreciate. If a child lives with fairness, he learns justice. If a child lives with security, he learns to have faith. If a child lives with approval, he learns to be like himself. And he learns to like himself. If a child lives with acceptance and friendship, he learns to find love in the world. I think that these are so meaningful and have meant a lot to me over the years and have been proved to be so true. I do hope that these values have prevailed into your time, dearest great-great-grandchildren. It is so important for us to remember that each generation is so responsible for the happiness and the security of the next generation. <laughs>